g'day. Everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. Dark and Destiny's got them running around the turn. Three and a half lengths in front. Ilfracombe Kid tries hard and then came Italian Virtuoso. Super Zoom to the outside tries to run on then My Spirit. Still Dark and Destiny though short of 200 left to run clear of Italian Virtuoso. Ilfracombe Kid and Super Zoom. Dark and Destiny getting tired but well clear and Dark and Destiny wins comfortably by two and a half beating home. Yeah, that was well, an Ipswich race last week. Jared Wessel calling. Tony Clements, good morning to you, Tony. Hello, Steve. Good morning to you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab. And yes, Dark and Destiny winning last Thursday at Ipswich. We played that for no other reason than Anna Bacos was the winning jockey for trainer Bradley Smith. And Anna and her beau, Michael Sharple, tied the knot at the Ipswich Turf Club uh, last week. So now Anna Sharple might be the name that we'll see in the list there. So congratulations, Anna and Michael, on your wedding on uh, uh, last week. I think it was Friday. And it just seemed fitting to, uh, for Anna to be able to go out uh, and ride like that. And Dark and Destiny taking out a maiden for that fair maiden before she then went and tied the knot. And that's another famous racing term as well, isn't it? Uh, speaking of a great horse. We've got plenty to talk about on the show today, including the two KIs that raced last weekend. It was uh, racing at the Signet Day at Kangaroo Island, a Miners Rest Cup Day at King Island. And we're also going to take a bit of a look into 2024 and see what it might hold for a couple of uh, Queensland's very progressive clubs. Helping us with all of the news, as always, on Bushbeaters, Rob Black. G'day, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, listeners. And I concur with all the comments you made there for Edna and uh, Michael. Great to see it's finally happened to you guys, and congratulations. They've been, they've been wonderful supporters of uh, country racing, travelling far and wide, Tony. And uh, now they've settled down into married life. Uh, we wish you well. And I believe there's a bit of a story behind Dark and Destiny. I, I don't know the full details, but it seems that it's one of those horses that they've been waiting for the wind to come. There's been a few issues, finally got there, and uh, couldn't be more appropriate. So congratulations, guys. Well done. Yeah, people will be wondering, you know, at first when they hear it, why, you know, a, a maiden, I won't say a lowly maiden, but, you know, it's always exciting when you win your first race, but why a maiden on a Thursday at Ipswich to open the show? We just thought that that was nice because, as you say, Michael and Anna have been great supporters of, of racing in country regions, so much so, Michael actually popped the question at the Queensland Country Racing Awards going back, oh, crikey, when was that? Beginning of 2022, I think, might have been, uh, yeah. up on stage in front of everyone. There's no escaping anything on Bushbeat, is there, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> We've got plenty to but talk about uh, on the show today. On the show today, Rob, considering that um, we didn't actually have any non-tab or country meetings on the weekend in Queensland, there's been an absolute plethora of tab programs uh, scheduled through the month of January, filling in uh, some of the Mondays and Tuesdays. For example, Gatner Racing today. Now, this is an interesting situation itself. Uh, Emerald was on today as well, but that was mm -hmm. abandoned due to the extreme uh, for, uh, heat forecast and expected to get up around 40 degrees again. They certainly pulled the right move yesterday with Gatton. Uh, they made the announcement that in the interests of uh, participant and equine welfare, with the temperatures predicted to reach as high as 39 yesterday, they would move Gatton to today. Well, today it's a more manageable 29. And I was having a look back through the, uh, the Weather Bureau uh, readings yesterday. Gatton's temperature at 2.30 yesterday afternoon was 38 degrees with an apparent air temp of 42, if you don't mind. So certainly pulled the right rein there to transfer the program to today. Unfortunate and disappointing for Emerald to lose their meeting, but that's the way it goes with the weather. And similar last Friday with that storm that 
uh, came through the Dolby region and uh, unfortunately we lost the TAB program there at Dolby last Friday due to uh, the wet weather and state of the track. So weather, be it hot or wet, has been playing a little bit of havoc with uh, some of our meetings around the place, but still there's been some exciting racing at some of the uh, provincials like last Wednesday at Home Hill. Their transferred meeting saw doubles of plenty. Mackenzie Appel and Graham Cleesey riding doubles and Lindsay Hatch and John Manselman training doubles there and then Saturday, great to see Townsville back up and racing uh, with a uh, Saturday tab program and Ashley Butler riding a double there, Rob. Yeah, um, plenty of that good racing happening and, and great to see that the uh, the policies in, in place do ensure the welfare of of horses and humans. Uh, disappointing for Emerald today, but I'm sure, Tony, there'll be replacement dates coming through at some point. We've got a uh, non-tab meeting I did see on the calendar. It's not too far away for Emerald. They've got a meeting scheduled, oh, I think it's uh, the 3rd of February or something like that. So there may not be the opportunity to uh, grab an extra meeting straight away, but we know that uh, those that are in programming at RQ do look at uh, these kind of things and with any luck there'll be an additional meeting and they may well look to give them an extra tab program when uh, the need arises or when the opportunity arises. But without uh, any of the Queensland races to talk about on the weekend, we thought we would turn our attention to what happened at King Island in Tasmania on Saturday. We've been following the carnival with interest with Duncan Dornoff. He'll join us in a moment. But first, let's hear what happened in the Miners' Rest Cup. Towards the pump shed at the 550 metre mark and packs the punch in front by a half length. Southern Jewel in second position, Cubic out three horses wide. Wholesome the grey behind those with Profits Rain and on the inside at the tail, Merrill Privileges. The sprint's on now, 250 metres left to travel. And swinging around the home bend just in front was Packs of Punch, but the favourite Southern Jewel's issuing a strong challenge. Getting into clear racing room was Wholesome being let down in the centre of the track. Southern Jewel raced up, put the head in front. Here's Merrill Privileges weaving through the pack. Wholesome out wide, good finish coming up. Wholesome and Merrill Privileges. I think Merrill Privileges a nose over Wholesome, but the judge will have the final say. Southern Jewel behind those, followed in by Paxer Punch. Yes, Judge had the final say and it was wholesome with Thomas Doyle in the saddle. A man with the best curly red hair in racing was able to get home and bring up a, uh, a double on the program there at King Island on Saturday. Defeating Merrill Privileges, Southern Jewel and Packs a Punch. There was less than a length between the top three as they crossed the line in the Miners Rest Cup for 2024. And the man who called that race is the man who's with us on Bushbeat again this morning to talk about King Island. Welcome along, Duncan Dornoff. G'day, Dunk. Yeah, good day, Tony and Rob. Yeah, good morning, Duncan. And Tommy Doyle's at it again. I think this is a repeat performance for he and Robert Keyes uh, after last year, Duncan. That's right. They took out the inaugural running of the race last year and, and backed it up with Wholesome, who was uh, dropping back to the 1,400 metres. And, uh, yeah, this race, of course, really shot Tommy to start him last year, more so for his hair than anything. But <laughs> he suddenly went to King Island last year just to get a few more rides during the week and then he's ended up going to Ballarat and riding track work for yeah, Tony McAvoy and uh, and uh, is, is trying his luck in country Victoria. So it's been a, a big year for Tommy and he's uh, at it again. Some wonderful coverage on uh, social media of uh, what happened there at King Island. I've got to give them credit for uh, live streaming through the day so we could catch all of the racing action as well as all of the, the presentations and celebrations and everything like that. And great to see uh, Tony McAvoy trackside again celebrating the win there. He's got bragging rights around the stables there at Ballarat for another 12 months, if you don't mind. Um, but when you were saying there that Tommy Doyle perhaps picked up notoriety for his uh, flaming red hair last year, this year I think he's going to get the 
notoriety for the shoey, or do we have to call this a booty drinking uh, out of his riding boot? <laughs> yeah, I, I think we'll stick with the shoey because most uh, of our audience will understand what we're talking about. But yeah, <laughs> uh, it was suggested by club president Audrey Hamer at the presentation and uh, Tommy had no trouble at all getting one of his uh, riding boots off and uh, one of the spectators rushed to the bar and got him a, a Bundy and Coke, his, his drink of choice. And uh, yeah, Tommy Tommy done the shoey. So uh, yeah, he certainly got, got a lot of attention out of that. I do note... Uh, the uh, McAvoy clan, they, they declined the uh, offer of uh, doing a shoey as well, but uh, uh, no, Tommy certainly uh, lapped it all up. We, we've we trained him well in the central west of Queensland with his origins there, Duncan, and great to see him getting that uh, recognition for it. But this wholesome, this mayor, as you uh, said, uh, probably not the pet distance, but uh, nailed it right on the line and a uh, well-executed pl- plan came off. Yeah, certainly has been a great training performance by Robert Keyes. He's had a few issues uh, with the mayor as well and has been using some of the beaches on King Island just to keep her sound and ticking over and to freshen her up for this race. Of course, uh, the the Ballarat trainers that get involved uh, in this race, they sort of buy a slow horse, if I can refer to them as that, and... uh, or cheap horse might be a better terminology, Mm -hmm. to to put in this uh, sweep race. Uh, on the uh, second last meeting of the King Island season. So, uh, you know, Robert said to to freshen this horse up just to get it back to this 1,400-metre distance, of course, had won at 1,800 and placed in a couple of uh, 1,400-metre races earlier on in the preparation. So big credit to Robert because not only has he had to freshen the horse up but to keep her sound as well for this race. This King Island um, Carnival, um, the Miners' Rest Cup, it's one of the highlights. Uh, there's a couple sort of features throughout the the, um, the meetings, the sequence of meetings, but it's certainly a highlight for the carnival. It certainly is. Probably more so for the tourism I- impact of the of the race because the Ballarat crew, along with several sponsors, they've got involved to, to sponsor the horses. They all come down for the weekends. They had a big uh, cow cutter on the Friday night where the favourite Southern Jewel actually sold for 20000 at that cow cutter. Wow. Uh, then they yeah, kick on to the races Saturday to the local pub Saturday night. A uh, couple of games of golf thrown in there as well before they depart on Sunday. So uh, if anyone wanted to go to that meeting uh, on Saturday and, and spend a few days on the island, they actually had to go get a tent because the accommodation was booked out on the island. So certainly great to, for the local economy is this race day. We were highlighting this when it came around last year that's uh, really revitalised the, the the carnival and getting the involvement there uh, through all of the Ballarat stables. Was it Henry Dwyer that uh, was one of the, the main figures in getting it all up and running? Yes, absolutely. So uh, a couple of people on King Island had shares in horses with Henry and he went down probably three years ago now and enjoyed the race day. And uh, two seasons ago, the, the King Island season was in a bit of doubt. A couple of trainers that... Decided to retire, and there were some concerns about horse numbers. So this concept was created to help get the horse numbers on the island, and it certainly ticks that box. Uh, what doesn't help King Island as a whole is the ageing population, and it spreads right across other sports such as football. You know, I think they only play ten players on a team. So, so that's the concern: is the the lack of youth on King Island. Everyone sort of leaving the island for university and not coming back. Where in the past they sort of went to to uni, came back and worked on the family farm. So 
that, that's the concern for King Island Racing going forwards, the ageing population. But uh, it's certainly got uh, that good economic impact uh, with many people coming down, playing golf for the weekend, taking a race meeting, touring the cheese farm and, and heading back to, to whatever walk of life they come from. I've got to say, when you look at the results too, the top weights have uh, scored extremely well over that uh, Saturday meeting when you consider 65 kilos, 64. In fact, Tolson was probably the lightest weight uh, winner of the day. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that helps jockeys have a few pies at the uh, bakery before they go to the race <laughs> meeting. But, uh, yeah, they've always had those sort of high weights there at King Island, and that's really helped get some of the jockeys down. It's... Uh, you know, when you've got race meetings on New Year's Day and Boxing Day and that picnic circuit in Victoria's got a, a number of meetings and uh, generally a meeting on mainland Tasmania, the jockeys can be stretched. So that certainly does have the positive impact of getting people there. Of course, Steph Lacey, uh, former Queenslander, she's riding track work in Victoria at present. She's sort of using King Island as a way to ease back into it and get the weight down and, and the match fitness under her belt. So good to see her uh, back in the saddle as well. Take us through some of the results there from Saturday. We mentioned Tommy Doyle with a double. Uh, no surprise to see Jim Jim Taylor with another training double. Yeah, Jimmy's uh, one of the, the main figures there on the island and uh, he didn't have the best of seasons last year, but he certainly bounced back this season. Tammy Muir is an interesting uh, name there in the uh, form guide. Uh, only been training a couple of years in her own right. Uh, she mixed things up a bit this year. She said that my horses always went good at the back end of the season. So this year she got him in earlier and she's had great success. Bill Hayes, he's a great story. Uh, run Callan runs last in was at Burke yeah, in New South Wales. Uh, he's sort of seen the club's call for help a couple of years ago. He came down and experienced a race day last year and uh, decided to, to make the trip down for the season. So uh, he's from uh, Forbes in western New South Wales. He's brought a large team down. He's uh, been getting a bit of success there and it's good to see Run Callan run win for him. So uh, he'll compete at the uh, club's last meeting of the season this Saturday and then he'll jump on the, the barge back to Stanley on Tatty's far northwest coast, then jump back on the Spirit of Tasmania and go to Geelong before making the trip back uh, up to Forbes, and he's certainly been a big asset to the island this season. That's amazing that, uh, yeah, to put in that kind of commitment. We talk about the logistics of having to travel horses around a big state like Queensland. You think, well, it's not e not easy, but, yeah, not that hard when you're talking about in Tasmania. But to go all the way from literally running at the back of Burke, uh, well, from the home stable there at Forbes. And keep in, in mind, Rob, this is... These horses are racing for 3400 prize money. It's $2,210 to the winner. Uh, for Run Callan, Run and Bill Hayes there. So it's not like they're racing for sheep stations. <laughs> no, it just shows the the importance of these meetings and how they attract not only the, the tourist market, but also the trainers. And I was just uh, looking at the form of Run Callan, Run, and, yeah, it's uh, certainly got that, that Western New South Wales form and now picking up the results there at uh, King Island to add to its resume. Uh, well done to all of them participating in that meeting. Yeah, and, and one other thing with Bill Hayes, uh, he brought down some members of the Ruston family and they uh, not only helped him with the gallopers, but uh, harness racing is also a part of the race day. There was three harness events there on Saturday and uh, the Ruston family have bought a couple of paces down as well to help top up those numbers. So certainly big effort by, by all of those.
You mentioned, Duncan, that this is the second last meeting. The uh, carnival has been uh, going basically since uh, Ladies' Day back on the 2nd of December. It's no mean feat for any club to actually run a carnival that stretches pretty well across two months and all wraps up this coming Saturday on the Australia Day long weekend with the Southern Airlines fly-in day on Saturday. Yeah, that's a great day, Tony, because uh, for the recreational flyers, it's uh, free to land at the airport this weekend, so it always attracts... A few people involved in the aviation uh, sector, but uh, they've actually got the longest race in Tasmania for the season, over 2,600 metres, which will end the uh, season. So we're looking forward to that race. Uh, Southern Jewel, who was in that minor stress cup, going uh, up in trip and run Cal and run, as we mentioned, also uh, nominated for that race. So uh, should be a good day's racing there to, to end the season, and I'm sure the local community will be out in force. And particularly just getting back to that minor stress cup, uh, those horses were running for uh, sporting clubs. Uh, sort of had a sweep on the race. So uh, the winning club got eight thousand dollars, and the club that ran last picked up three thousand. So no doubt a few clubs involved to be uh, getting out there to show their appreciation for the final meeting this this Saturday. No, it's really been a wonderful carnival over the last couple of years with some of the revitalising like that. Well done to all of the Ballarat crew for getting involved. They're not the only ones, of course, making it all happen. To uh, President Audrey Hamer and her hard-working committee and volunteers, it's uh, another well done. And you've still got one meeting to go, so we might check in with you next week and see how things go on the fly-in day. Yes, I've got commitments back home on mainland Tassie, so Maddie Robertson's going over to call that meeting. But, uh, yeah, um, should be back to uh, give you a good report uh, next Saturday and uh, as you mentioned the volunteers they're the ones that really keep country racing going very much so good on you Duncan thanks for joining us on Bushbeat this week been a pleasure thank you Duncan Donoff there having a look at uh, Miners Rest Cup Day at King Island Rob the other KI that raced on Saturday and we're going to focus on this one more next week when we've got a little bit more time Uh, Tim Edwards was over at Kangaroo Island last Saturday for their racing at the Signet Day and we're going to check in with Tim next week uh, in the lead-up to the February Carnival, of course, we have the uh, the two tab meetings on the Thursday and the Saturday with uh, racing there at Kingscote on Kangaroo Island. But last Saturday, they had a uh, nice uh, six-race program, which, uh, just having a look through it, Zoe Lloyd and Siren Fork each riding doubles. Zoe kicked off the day in the 10.50-metre uh, maiden plate for trainer David Page aboard first rank defeating Tommy Tomato and Street Needs. Her other winner was for Rosalind Day on Amani Farasi in the benchmark 56 over the 12.15, downing Starlight Rebel and Riched, while Siren Fork's double came up first of all for Garrett Lynch in the benchmark 52 trophy on stake acclaim, beating Rodney and Tidius. And uh, the other winner there for Siren had to wait until the last of the day uh, for Garrett Lynch here with Persian Empire in the uh, benchmark 56 over the 1750, downing the stablemate Jamkra and Sam's Reward. The other two winners for the day, the benchmark 60, 13, 60 metres went to K-Siri, written by Stacey Metcalf for trainer Paula Trenworth. Uh, last star was second, and she makes a statement, ran third. And Trevor Day's Cowley's Creek took home the 0-52 uh, to 52 trophy over the 1360 with Jay Doyle in the saddle. Lord of Darkness ran second and Sunny Green was third. But as I said, we're going to talk more about Kangaroo Island uh, as well as the wrap-up of King Island on next week's edition of Bushbeat. Yeah, two things I take from those results. Uh, Tony, Siren Fork, great to see him continuing to boot home winners. Of course, he's another uh, jockey that kicked off in, in North Queensland. And uh, also we've got Bushbeat organised for next week, even though there's no non-TAB <laughs> racing in Queensland. 
Oh, I do try and work hard with a couple of things <laughs> happening in advance, but you're right. Well, we've got a couple of meetings coming up on Australia Day. This coming Friday, there's non-tap programs at Kilcoy and Mariba. Remember, Mariba weren't able to race on Boxing Day, but I guess that's also going to depend on what these uh, tropical lows and perhaps uh, cyclones might end up doing in the north part of the state. So we'll see what happens there, but they're scheduled to race on Friday. But you're right, no... Uh, uh, country meetings coming up this coming Saturday. Uh, following on from the TAB program at Gatton today, there's racing at Rockhampton on Thursday. Sunday it's Cairns and next Monday at Warwick. And that's all weather permitting, whether it's uh, wet weather, cyclones or hot weather. We'll see how that goes through the week. But yes, we'll check in on the two KIs next week and wrap up what's happened at uh, King Island in Tasmania and also have a little bit of a look into what's coming up in February with the carnival at uh, Kangaroo Island in South Australia. Yeah, and talking about uh, no racing in non-TAB meetings, it leads us into our next guest this morning um, because we, we do know that there's, uh, there's plenty of progressive clubs in Queensland and Charters Towers has always been one of those. I know they have wonderful facilities now for patrons uh, that they've got organised. Um, but they've unfortunately not been on the racing zone of late because of uh, the upgrade to the track that was happening. And we thought this morning, well, we'll check in with a couple of our clubs in Queensland just to see what the future does hold and in the case of Charters Towers how it's moving from uh, that case of not racing and now virtually to the point where they can race again and what better person to bring on Bushbeat this morning and I think her official title is Secretary of the Charters Towers Club Tony but just call a Minister of War uh, Sally Kirkwood <laughs> good morning to you and uh, welcome back to Bushbeat and please give our listeners an outline of what it's like in Charters Towers now. Oh, mate, she's a bit tropical. Where uh, <laughs> I can tell you that I yeah, pretty trotted my best track work this morning and I think I shed two kilos um, with this cyclone brewing. The humidity is a little bit uh, nasty for uh, for my liking. So it's, um, yes, tropical. How's that word for it? Beers go down quite well over the afternoon to uh, make up, you know, cool you down. How's that? Yeah, Gosh. I... I... I think it's the case across the state, uh, Sally, but I'm sure we'll, by the end of talking this morning, we'll get a track work tip out of you as you've been putting on <laughs> social media. But just for our listeners' sake, tell us the background, what's happened with Charters Towers, where it was, where it's got to, and I take it the track work was at Charters Towers this morning? Yeah, Or on yeah, your property? So, uh, no, we've, uh, we've, the track, oh, my gosh, it's it's been a hell of a journey. I think the last time I spoke to you boys, we were... Had we even started the work uh, for the for the building for the uh, we won the money to do up our facilities for that for our patrons so we've delivered that that's been uh, on time and on budget and beautiful and and is ticking along really well we've got great support from the community hiring that uh, centre out so that's doing its job and at the same time um, our track just didn't meet. Uh, minimum standard at all and it was getting to the point of uh, ridiculous it hadn't had major work done it for, for I can't even remember how many years so we applied for funding for the country racing um, round to, to do it up it's always been the list our top priority is to have a track that's um, at a beautiful safe surface that will invite more trainers to come and train as well as um, owners and trainers to bring their horses to race. So we underwent that but uh, a little bit like Charleville we had some pretty major teething issues to say the least that made my hair fall out and my alcohol intake uh, increase a lot and um, I think I even went to the pub one day and bought, uh, <laughs> bought some alcohol and I said 
Jesus, mate, surely I can pay for this on Medicare as, um, <laughs> you know, to help me with therapy, which uh, he then said that I should run for Prime Minister. Anyhow, so we've uh, finally, finally, we've, after much toing and froing and, and some um, failed attempts at, at doing the track, we are now just opened it uh, this week to slow work and um, for trainers and... Um, we look to race on the 2nd of March. So we've got a couple of hurdles to go through. Not bad, just we've got to hold so many jump outs and things and we'll um, include um, quite a few jockeys and trainers from Townsville to come up and bring horses and Curic, the stewards, will come up as well. They've they've already had a look at the track. It's um, As a track work surface, it's absolutely beautiful and the club, it's going to take us just a little bit um, and we're working with especially with Warren Williams from the track team at Racing Queensland, just to make sure that we do our best to present it the best that we can. And um, no doubt, you know, hopefully get some confidence back into the industry up here and, and get the club going. Because um, it's been three years. It's been a long, a long, long haul, um, I can mm. tell you. But anyway, it's gonna, onwards and upwards. I was just going to ask would that be... question and say how long has it been and, and how hard has it been to keep local participants involved mm. and interested? It's been um, really difficult for the trainers. We've lost our big trainers. So we had up to 50 to 60 horses training here of a morning and um, and they've gone, you know. Um, so we're sort of down to... Robert and I, we, we just had... Um, uh, we've got a little hill track at home. So we sort of had to resort to training here because the, the track even... Uh, in between the failed attempts of doing it up, it just you wouldn't you wouldn't go any faster than sort of half pace on it um, if you if you liked your horse. Do you know what I mean? It, it just wasn't fit for use at all. So unfortunately, we've lost um, yeah we've lost some pretty big numbers, um, and and with that we've lost you know work riders and and everything. So um, it's going to be. A little bit of a challenge to get them back, but I think look, we're positive. It's it's a great place to um, train, and it's beautiful. So what we've got now, the the base is now has been um, lime cemented, you know, whatever that technical term is. So the base is now beautiful. Um, it's got we've got irrigation inside and out. There's um, the new more safe running rail on the inside, and it's uh, the the design of the sand on the track is sort of meant to be like uh the best way to describe it you know when you go to the beach where the where the waves come in and that's wet you can drive a vehicle on it and it's sort of compact so it's it's the similar sort of thing as that so um so yeah we'll i think you know how it's going to hold up in between race meetings I, i i don't know and i and maybe if it doesn't work our next thing would be to convert to a fibre track I believe but we'll cross that bridge when we get there and we'll try our best and, and see how we go um, I believe. Sally, I was going to ask you, is there a difference in the camber now? I know Charters Towers like like those sand based tracks often had huge margins, some horses handle it, it was a different entrance to the, the top of the straight but is there a difference in the camber now that will give that confidence to trainers to, to bring horses to the meetings? Yes, definitely. Um, and the other thing, Charter Towers was very undulating. Like the rise and fall in it was quite significant, um, especially coming up before, like say from the 600 around to the top of the straight was a very, very big pull. 
um, right. and that used to sort the um, boys from the men sort of thing and gave the local horses that trained there an advantage because we, you know, they knew it was coming. So we took that out or they took that out as best they can. So there's not, it still has rise and fall, but nowhere near as what it was. And the cans are now, um, especially down, once you get past the winning post, it used to just sort of all be wrong. It now rides... Uh, look, and I'm not a jockey, but it's beautiful. Like to ride on it is beautiful, and we we made some one thing that Robert and I were pretty big on was um, really pushing that that camber, especially to ride those corners, really had to be corrected um, so it's easier and that the horses feel more confident. Um, there was a there was another little. Uh, area like just past the winning post where you used to you'd get there and it'd just be a sharp sort of a fall that's all been that's all tied in beautifully now so as you're sort of going around it it just feels very even and very consistent and um yeah so hopefully hopefully i hope it races like that but it's unfortunately one of those things we're going to have to wait and see how how it goes yeah and I'm sure it'll be like Charleville as it settles in with racing. It'll settle down and uh, will improve. And I know when Charleville came back on board, it looked great to see all those new running rails and everything and inside training tracks. Uh, you must be. It's been a long, long haul for you, but you must be pretty excited looking forward to March. Yeah, look, we are um, very, very excited. Um, I, I'm now struggling. I'm like, oh, my God, I have to remember how to run a race meeting. So I've gone from <laughs> from the Minister of War to making, you know, to, to getting this here, and, and the fight has been epic, you know. Um, and now I've got to, like, switch caps and be like, right, now we have to go back in and, uh, yeah, just everything. I've even got sort of bookmakers sending me, emails for fielding i'm like oh my god i forgot about not that i forgot about them but i'm like oh i've got to do something with them and and we haven't held a race meeting in the new facility so i you know so i've got to go back and remember you know we've got to work out exactly where everything's going to go and how it's going to work which which will be what a great problem to have but the town is busting like the our community they are just busting to get back to the races so this march meeting and our may meeting will be softer opening um and our grand opening will be cup day in june um and that will just give us you know uh the opportunity to get our sort of heads around it and really mainly with that track with the surface to make sure that we're um spot on with that and how we present it and handle it and make sure it's all good so um but i do believe that we're a little scared but excited because i think we're going to be inundated with um with our locals um because it's been three years and they're just chomping at the bit to get back racing so which will be great which will be very good I'm sure it's like riding a bike, Carly. You'll be back back in no time, and it's so good to see. But before we before we leave you, can you? I know you do such great work on social media promoting racing, and you do this track work tips that now you you said you're not a jockey, but you seem to be doing all the work. Um, what's your track work tip for the day? My track work tip of the day is do not marry a trainer. End of story. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I meant to be a dressage driver. <laughs> and then this whole, like, as as everyone knows, the shortage of work riders. And so, holy hell, to go from, like, 
I've had to put my stirrups up so short and then in a in a bloody riding in a track work pad and anyway, uh, my other tip is is like counting is not my thing, you know. I, even though with a beeper and then sometimes I'll start singing a song and forget to turn it on or, you know, like to sort of freestyle it and count my own seconds and he they're a bit judgmental, these trainers. Like he's like how fast was that? I'm like, spot on. Exactly what you asked me to do when, yeah, just fake it till you make it. That's my top trip, top tip. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Uh, lucky. Lucky you uh, got me. What, what it, else can I say? It's I'm been great to, be to catch up. I'm meant to it's be an investment. It's been great to catch like up again, Sally. And- uh, been great to catch up with you again and we'll look forward to uh, racing returning in March and we might check in with you back then uh, just to see how everything's going and uh, and how things are shaping up uh, once we get closer to the, the reopening there at the Towers Jockey Club. That'll be great. I look forward to it, boys. See you later. Good on you, Sally. Thanks, Sally. So- Sally Kirkwood, she's a ride, isn't she? Uh, wonderful to have her on board as part of our Bushbeat team and, and so looking forward to seeing the uh, the Towers back up and racing in March. Rob, another club that's been uh, very busy during the off-season, we talk about uh, how it's been very warm this week. Well, obviously, racing does shut down through much of December and January through the, the northwest and the, the far north of the state because it is just too hot to race. But it hasn't stopped all of the action going on with uh, some new additions and improvements as well at the Longreach Jockey Club. And another of our Bush Beat team that we want to welcome back for 2024 is Andrew Watts, who's with us this morning. G'day, Wattsy. Yeah, Happy New Year, Tony and Rob. And uh, to all the listeners, I've got to give you 10 out of 10 for um, keeping Sally Kirkwood to a, a 10 or 12-minute interview. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a challenge, but it's always great to have on. Good morning to you, Watsy. And uh, it's always a busy time for your club because we we know it's uh, been a progressive club. It's uh, it's It's been one of those clubs that have led the way in, in bringing on country tab race, uh, racing, for example. So with interest, there'll be... We'll be following that this year with the Saturday removal of uh, the country uh, tab meetings. But as as uh, Tony mentioned, there's been lots of progressive infrastructure developments with Longreach. Just outline to the listeners what progress you've made, uh, where you're headed this year, and what you hope to achieve. Yeah, look, it's always sort of our goal to um, continually improve our, our facilities um, in Longreach. And, of course, we're, we're very blessed that we have uh, a builder like George Kent, who's only a phone call away to, to help us out with uh, any of our ideas. So um, at, at the moment, we've got um, the rail being raised uh, in the home straight, which is, is part of our compliance, and uh, we've got some new rail um, that uh, Robert Noddy Huff's uh, installing over the next couple of weeks. Hopefully we can uh, beat the rain. Um, new swab boxes, which was a project that was um, put forward by Curic um, a couple of years ago in, on our September Cup meeting for 2021. So dual swab boxes as well as a new tie-up facilities um We've um, demolished the the old set and uh, put in a new set there, so uh, that's exciting. And uh, also too, um, with with the um, new jockey rooms that were, were built last year, it, it left um, the old jockey rooms redundant. So we've actually um, gutted all of those out and um, have a, a beautiful new area to watch uh, racing from from the jockeys and the trainers' perspective, and uh, that's pretty exciting as well as a new medical room. So yeah, plenty uh, plenty going on, and hopefully we've all got it. Um, up and running by March 16th for our first meeting. Yeah, I've been every time I've been able to come out, I just nip out and have a, a quick look. So I'm sure uh, when Wednesday week comes around, I'm headed back to Longreach 
I'm going to see another stage. It's uh, almost completed with the tie-up stalls and, and that, that other area you mentioned, uh, the old jockey's room. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, almost done and uh, it, it sort of leads us on to, to our next sort of projects and uh, look, at, at the moment, it's very, very hard to find um, funding for, for these projects. Um, the federal sort of funding streams dried up the building better regions. So uh, it's a case of clubs having to now become a little bit more creative in their search for, for monies for these projects. I do believe they're racing Queensland are rolling out a new infrastructure project in the not too distant future. So hopefully um, those come into some use for, for many clubs and, and, and look, it's a shout out to all the clubs there that do have projects that they want to want to put forward. Um, have a throw at the stumps. We, we got some money late last year for a new semaphore board, so that's something that uh, we're waiting for as well. And uh, also Sam Nisbet from a um, good friend at Saunders Electric Contracting uh, putting in a, a brand-new sound system after we had that little bit of a debacle uh, at Cup Day last year. It was one yep. thing that was a real highlight of talking to Jason Scott, Racing Queensland CEO, uh, on the show last week, Watsy. And as you say, the, the infrastructure uh, program or the funding program there is something Jason was very adamant that will not stop. Uh, there's still the need to improve the facilities around the place as much as, yes, uh, the whole of country racing is being impacted by the changes that are going to be coming towards the end of the year where the Queensland will lose that, uh, I guess you could say, that fourth sky slot. Uh, and unable to run a Sky 2 tab meeting like they have at Longreach or Roma or a couple mm. of the others that have raced on a Saturday. Opportunity there does come up to be able to race midweek and Longreach is going to have the odd Monday or Tuesday here and there. But as we were outlining with Jason last week, that's never easy when you've got a, such a big volunteer work base, uh, workforce, when you've got you know your own businesses and jobs to, to be at and all of that sort of thing. But at the same time, it's just more challenges that uh, country clubs have to face and meet and rise to. Yeah, and I think the key there is, Tony, that the, the country clubs, whether depending upon what region they lie in, that they, they need to work together, um, you know, knowing that you do have to do one or two midweek meetings a year. And, and for in our region, that's that's Longridge, Barcaldon and Blackall. And, and you work together and, and get a team of, say, barrier attendants, um, you know, with Curic taking over the reins of some of these other jobs, such as photo finish and vets and clerk of the scales. I mean, that takes a lot of pressure off as well. But I think the big key is that, um, that the clubs do work together. There's enough people in our regions that are willing to pull on these jobs um it's just got to be someone putting their hand up and going right we're gonna we're gonna do it this way because it, it looks the way of, of the future that, that these meetings are going to pop up a little bit more midweek and i've said it before a heap of times like i know it's not everybody's cup of tea but uh, when the stakeholders are getting the opportunity to run for a really good prize money on a monday i think you know for instance we've got a meeting i think it's monday april the 8th this year uh, our maiden, our cutest maiden um, for eligible horses were 24000 uh, to the winner. And, you know, that's the equivalent of four ordinary Saturday meetings. So when the money's there and it's that good, it's going to attract um, the stakeholders and it, it's going to attract the jockeys uh, particularly. And I think you've just got to make it work. You've just got to, you've got to bandy together to make it work. Yeah, what's he? Um, you've also got that added benefit with those meetings, haven't you? That you've get a, you get a bit of a run of those meetings date-wise. That uh, they're almost concurrent. Yourself and Barky and Blackall. Yeah, and I think that's that's what um, 
the, the, the country powers to be have been working on, that there's sort of like a little mini run of, of these meetings. So July this year, we I think, I don't know if I've got the order correct here, but I think we go Barcaldon, we go uh, then to Mount Isa, and then we come back to Blackall three in three weeks. And, and that is a fantastic opportunity for everybody to, to have a crack at these uh, meetings. And yeah, I mean, I think I think it's it's quite exciting, uh, um, and I think that the clubs are sort of now starting to, or willing to to want to move with with these trends to to make these happen. And I think uh, come next year, 2025, I think June will be another example of where there'll be uh, three midweek meetings um, in the month. So then you're looking at June followed by July, and yeah, we're seeing them more and more roll out. And I think honestly, the clubs were all understanding of the fact that we, we we lost those Saturday meetings. I think the initial um, shock was there but we were sort of pre-warned that you know if, if the gambling turnover wasn't there to match um, the meeting as, it, as if it would stand on a Monday, I think the the business decision was pretty easy for Racing Queensland. It's, it's also helped in the uh, initial part to build those cup meetings like Longreach Cup meeting to have that aspect around them but now it's been built to that stage. I'm sure you're your plans for September this year are well and truly underway and it'll just be as big a, uh, a biggest task as ever but also as big a day as ever uh, for the area. Yeah, I don't think that changes and, and Tony, you'd probably be able to, to echo these th- thoughts via Roma as well. I mean, uh, we know that, that the party will go on and it is just it is a little bit of a disappointment that won't have the Sky um, coverage and, and probably the clubs may have to put a little bit more money in themselves to, to prop these cups up financially but for the for the average punter that comes trackside I think the fashions and and um, the colour of a country cup meeting will still be there and you know I don't think it will affect the crowds too much if anything at all. No, I think you're, you're spot on there, Watsy. You know, not being disrespectful at all, but for those that are on course on the day, it means little to them uh, that it's actually a tab meeting or a sky meeting. It means so much more, I guess, then to promote, uh, as we have been over the past uh, few years, uh, showcasing the outback racing like that. But for the big crowd that does turn up trackside, it doesn't mean a lot uh, that's actually on sky. Uh, it's not like the cameras are going to be zooming out into the crowd like they do at the cricket or the football or something like yeah. that. You see the, the random bloke in the South Sydney jersey out amongst the crowd or anything <laughs> like that. Um, there's still going to be you know, big crowds there enjoying the uh, the racing action and yeah, then partying on into the night once the sun sets. Yeah, and, 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 and that'll be the case. Um, it doesn't matter if, if you go into the, the Mount Isa Cup or, or the, the Longridge Cup, Roma Cup or everywhere in between. And I don't think the... The fact if it's got tab status or not uh, alters the fact that you know it's such an important part of our social fabric and and, yeah. and the shows you know just got to keep rolling on. Yeah, and and that positive nature and that positive approach is always the key, I think, to country racing. And the fact that, as you're saying, the midweek type approach is still maintaining that money for the stakeholders, it makes a big difference, particularly to areas like the Central West and the North West. Because for them to access that, it is so far to get to the provincial level, isn't it? To have that ability, to have that money injected into the racing economy is a big deal. It really is. And I think the next step um, for for us out here in the West is to try and, you know, gain that next level of prize money, not sounding greedy, but we we should sort of start start thinking, shooting for that 
provincial prize money of a Townsville level or of, of a Mackay level, you know, another like-for-like meeting that might be racing on a Monday on a Tuesday. I think they're the sort of things now that, you know, the country board and and the powers that be should be sort of focusing on, you know, to, to bring those meetings. Yep, we've got them to tab now. Let's get them. Let's get them to the next level. Let's get a bit more prize money. And I think with added turnover and, and things like that, I mean, it, it certainly it could be justified down the track. Watsy, great to have you back on board for 2024. We look forward to uh, counting down to the first Longreach meeting for the year coming up in March, and we'll catch up again soon on the show. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Rob. Good morning, listeners. Good on you, Watsy. Andrew Watts there checking in from Longreach. And, Rob, it's great to catch up with people like Watsy and Sally uh, on the show. Um, it's not all doom and gloom. You know, it's not that the fact that we're looking through rosy-coloured glasses and always looking for the positive spin on things, um, but it's just showing that there, it's not all doom and gloom with uh, some of the things that have been going on. And uh, there is a way through it. The, uh, the mist, can I say? It's not a fog. It's just a little bit of mist at the moment. And there's some great racing coming up in 2024. Yeah, as I said, Tony, that positive approach is always the way to go about it. And in the country, you always tend to find solutions to things. Uh, they might be hurdles that are thrown in front of you and they might look impassable at some point, but there's always a way around them, a way over them. And uh, and the other key thing is the age group of people like Watsy and, and clubs who have got these young people coming through because they will adapt to those changes, um, I think, fairly readily. And it shines through. I mean, I'm a little bit biased in terms of the Longreach Club, but uh, great to get that uh, forecast of how they're looking at things. And I know there are other clubs out there, such as, you know, after country racing awards, when you go to them, you see places like Chinchilla, for example, uh, picking up awards because of their infrastructure approach and so on. And that is the way to go forward uh, with country racing. Keep working with the country racing panel keep working with Racing Queensland, work with the infrastructure. Don't complain that someone seems to be getting more and more and you're not getting enough. You've got to put in for these things and you will get the results. So uh, well done to those clubs and so good to hear Charter Stowers coming back on board. I know we'll hear more of Sally Kirkwood during the year and uh, <laughs> it'll be like riding a bike. They'll have that meeting up and running in no time, Tony. As you said before, we've almost got next week's show already uh, yep. locked away when we check in on what happens uh, with the carnival coming up in February at Kangaroo Island in South Australia and we'll wrap up the King Island Carnival in Tasmania with Duncan Dornoff. Uh, but also we'll be uh, having a look at the uh, the non-tab meetings that are coming up on Australia Day. Good luck to everyone who's heading to Kilcoy and Mareeva this week. Uh, we hope that the weather is kind for you, be it heat or be it cyclonic wet weather. Yeah, and we look forward to getting those results out there. And if there are other clubs out there, would like to uh, just put a pitch forward to how their year is looking um, in this time period where there's not a lot of non-tab racing going on, we'll certainly fit you in. So great to be able to do that this morning. Good morning to you, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Good on you, Rob. Have a great week. We'll chat again next Tuesday on Bushbeat. Thank you to Duncan Donoff, Sally Kirkwood. <laughs> Andrew Watts and Rob Luck for joining us on the show this week. Uh, to the clubs that are racing, we wish you all the best. And as we said, uh, stay cool for those in the heat, stay dry for those in the wet. If you missed any of the show, podcast replay available as always through the Radio Tab Megaphone page. The link to that goes up on the Country Punters page on Facebook and also on the X page. I still can't get used to calling it X on the Twitter page on at Radio Tab Oz. And we'll be back next Tuesday to talk more about country racing here on Bushbeat.